Welcome to the crap and the crazy with Tash Critter. Tash owns Little Wooden Toy Box and is mother of two teens, both with autism, ADHD and PDA. Ten years in early intervention, working with the kids' OTs, speeches and psychologists has given Tash unique insight into understanding difficult behaviours and why they occur, as well as understanding how emotional regulation and sensory input impacts us and our behaviour. This insight has helped Tash design and implement resources and coping strategies to make home life calmer and more organised. Join Tash as she talks about day-to-day -day life with autism, the sucky bits and the wins, plus tips for enjoying life despite the challenges. Hello and welcome to episode 11, which I called sleep, which probably should be called no sleep. Um, I started my notes on this one after doing the food and clothing podcast and I'm like, I got nothing and it just sucks. But look, I probably do have some strategies over the last 10 years that we've gained Again, expectations, um, you read the baby books and your baby is supposed to sleep for, I don't know, more than what they're awake, yeah? And mine slept for, you know, one or two 10-minute day sleeps for the whole day. The whole day from when they were newborn. And I remember calling Nagala, I think it was, um, which they're just a baby sleep place. I don't even know if they still exist. I don't know what they're, like, if they're still called that. Um, but they're like, yeah, your baby should be sleeping because that's when they consolidate everything they're learning because they are learning their little sponges from when they're little. And I'm like, well, mine just doesn't. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it just doesn't. Um, anyway, so that, that really wasn't that useful at all. But as we went on, um, I must have got in probably around the six-month-old stage, I suppose. Um, and I'd called enough times in tears because my kid just, uh, just, just didn't stop just didn't stop, didn't stop screaming. Um, and one of the strategies, so we did get in within a, I don't know, a two day period, I got an emergency day spot, I guess. Um, at the end of that, they just told me he didn't have an off switch, but they did help me understand the routines and what you do before a sleep. So I actually left there with a 17 slip, 17 step bedtime routine from, um, or we went home and set it up rather as far as taking off the shoes and then putting on jammies or I can't remember what the steps were. It included saying goodnight to the goldfish and turning off the light and turning on the nightlight and whatever else. It was this ridiculous process. Um, and I remember this because I wrote down the 17 step process because when my friend at the time uh, babysat, she had to do all the steps. So I can't remember, um, yeah, I can't remember back then what happened if we changed the steps, but it was very important. You did all the steps in order, yes? And as far as when they get older, um, the steps did decrease, but we still actually do the same things in the same order, not at the same times. We haven't really um, been bound by time. Some families and some kids will be, but we do the same things in the same order at night time. Yes, and we still do that. And at this rate, we'll be doing it till they're 20. Um, but yeah, I didn't even plan on saying that. As far as a tip for when they're younger, you know, everyone says sleep when they do, which is all good and well. But, you know, when you're dealing with the screaming and the meltdowns and the everything else, 
your house tends to look a bit messy. Yeah, and that's putting it nicely. Mine was trashed, um, especially stuff like dishes, like you had to cook and that took you away from dealing with the meltdowns or whatever else. And then you have to eat and then there's just no time to clean up. Um, it depends whether you've got a partner, a supportive partner at home that pulls their weight. I didn't, um, so I was doing everything by myself. Um, so yeah, it, it's all good and well to sleep when they do. And I think at some, at sometimes I could, as they got older, um, I do remember, so my boy wouldn't sleep much at nighttime. By the time I had my girl, she wouldn't even try. So I'd learnt, you know, in that two year gap of having my boy, I dropped expectations by the time I had my girl. Um, so she would sleep around 11 o'clock at night and then I would actually stay up for another four hours so I would go to bed around two or three in the morning because I just needed some time for me and that's when I did sewing and my own projects and business whatever else um, and that's how you know that's how we worked and yes that looks different and you know it, it worked for us me and the kids um, and that was another thing I remember at the time that no one else did what we did and then you've got the pressure from everyone else so no one actually comes and helps your kids sleep but they're all happy to give their two cents worth as far as what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and I remember always being told from mother's group that I would have to change their bedtimes um, so we would sleep really late and then they would sleep in in the morning it didn't matter what I tried they did not go to bed earlier uh, low melatonin as it turns out goes hand in hand with autism um, but yeah they would say well you're gonna have to fix that before school like before school starts so kindy and I'm like my kid is two and you keep telling me something that I need to fix for two years time and that's something that you know I want to point out now so much changes so especially when they're babies they go through so many different seasons and yes you often get your head around something and you get it all you know working fine and then something else changes they get teeth or they go through a growth spurt or a testosterone boost or whatever else um, but you don't have to have all your ducks in a row when you're ever really um, but you know when you're going through those sleep periods in the under four age group it's very different from when they do start going to school yeah they do grow up so to let go of that expectation and that pressure of how it should look in two years time and you're setting up bad habits and blah 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 do what you need to do yes particularly when your kids just don't sleep um, you can't force them to sleep yeah you have to do what works for you and yeah during those periods I think by the time my girl came um, so he hadn't had day sleeps all the way up until four from what I remember any more than you know 10 minutes at a time um, so yeah by the time my girl came along so there's 22 months between them he was actually having four hour day sleeps um, from I don't remember what times probably 12 to 4 I don't know 11 to 3 um, but yeah, they were a lifesaver. And you couldn't drop those sleeps to get more sleep at nighttime. Like it just didn't work that way. There wasn't, um, you couldn't move around sleep times. It, it just didn't work. So you enjoyed those four hours, yeah? Because I'm pretty sure my girl would sleep for two of them. So there was a two hour no children time period. Yeah. Um, I can't remember whether I actually slept during those times or whether I did some housework or who knows. Um, but yeah, for anyone going through this, 
take each day as it comes. Um, even though it looks like this now, this week, this month, this half a year or whatever, it doesn't mean it's going to look like that in a year's time or two years time, yeah? And look, for some families, the lack of sleep may may continue on further than mine. Um, sleep in our house now looks like, oh, I discovered melatonin in 2022, which it's two days into 2023, so I guess last year. So that's something, um, and it's no, oh, there's prescription, which is over the counter, but there's also, you can order it online as well. So still do it with your doctor, your paid, your whoever, as far as getting the right dosages, but there's, there's more options now um, than when my two were little. And yeah, that has been a life changer. So I think I tried to get melatonin from the GP and they wouldn't give it to me, but I know the rules on that have changed now. So definitely try melatonin because that's uh, something that our bodies naturally produce or should produce. You know, when you have a warm cup of milk at nighttime, that's got the melatonin in, which is why it helps you sleep. But these kids with ASD, autism, um, have lower levels of melatonin. So that's something you can use. As far as sleep when they were younger with my boy, I tried all the different suggestions um, as far as trying to get them to sleep with when he was really little after that Nagala stay. It was just a day stay. They didn't have us overnight. But uh, one thing the nurse suggested was, you know, put him in the pram. So just giving up the expectation of he should have day sleeps in the cot. Yeah, pretty sure he never slept in the car. I don't think he would scream in the car because of the sun. Um, so yeah, putting him in the pram and then wheeling him back and forwards over the, there was a bump in the doorway. So he was all good and well, as long as I was rocking him over the bump. The kid knew, asleep or not, as soon as I stopped going over this silly bump, he would just wake up and scream again. So I'm standing there thinking, like, what? I might as well be holding him. What is the point of just standing? You can't do anything while you're standing there with a pram going backwards and forwards over a bump for an hour so that he gets to sleep. I might as well hold him to sleep because he would sleep on me. But then you get nothing done. And you do, like, you, you need to be a separate person a little bit from being physically attached to your little one 24 seven, or at least I needed to be. Um, I know other people would do parenting where they would be completely happy to hold their baby. I, I presume your arms get sore though. Anyway, so it wasn't a, I, oh, look, I guess it was the way I parent my coping strategies when you're being screamed at all the time and you're holding them to sleep and there's nothing you can do because your hands are taken up with the baby, then look, you're bound to, start losing the plot eventually yeah um so yeah and then i don't know if it was any better having him in the pram rocking him backwards and forwards um you might as well just be holding him i went to the shops a lot i spent a lot of time at the shops because i could go around and look around put stuff in the pram hold him and you know look after my mental health uh, that's probably why my house wasn't clean as well because you know yeah anyway as far as nighttime went, nothing that any of the books said worked. I remember being on my hands and knees trying to crawl out. Um, so after having settled him in the cot, then trying to crawl out and it never worked. So I would sleep on the floor, on the carpet, never thought to grab a doona and pillow, but then that would say that I was staying in there and I didn't want to, like I was trying to get him to sleep independently so that I could leave the room. Um, 
yeah i remember having carpet prints down my face because i'd fallen asleep on the floor with my arm up in the cot and as soon as you move your arm then he wakes up because again all of sensory so if you've fallen asleep with something warm on you and you lift it up you've got a cold spot yeah sensory useful um there was a teddy bear in his room as well a big stuffed teddy bear so i'd be asleep against that asleep against the door yeah whatever works which is ridiculous and that's not what you have in your mind when you know you become a new mum. i'm gonna sleep on the floor yeah anyway but you know stick in there it won't be like that forever yeah and you know this is where I, I don't have anything useful to tell you as far as i have got no fixes for it other than looking at it from a sensory point of view um and you know i guess you know in the last podcast i was talking about the clothing as far as changing seasons that can be one which you know i didn't know all of this when i had babies so i haven't actually tried this but it would be something knowing what i know now if i had a baby i would try um, as far as looking at the clothing that you're changing between seasons. So does your baby need long sleeves where they can fiddle with the sleeves to fall asleep and you've moved to summer and you've taken away that comfort thing? I don't know. That's something you could consider and try. Um, white noise was another big one. So we always had a fan in the room. Um, I'm not sure if that actually helped with sleep as much as it prevented meltdown so yeah maybe it was a comfort thing our vacuuming of all things i remember when he was little i would vacuum because of the noise so i guess again white noise um i've seen more apps on my phone with gray noise and green noise and whatever else i don't understand them but that may be something to try as well i can't think of any other strategies that i used um swaddling when they were really little but that doesn't really help when they're older um, one thing I would have tried which didn't exist then was uh, it's like a lycra sort of stretchy sheet that you put over the bed you do need to be careful with them as far as some kids can't get out of them so talk to your OT about that first before getting something like that weighted blankets didn't exist or I suppose they existed but they were rare and expensive um, we all have weighted blankets now that's something you can try don't try that with babies babies have died with weighted blankets as far as i know so look into that make sure you're using the white right weight ratio again use that with the advice of your ot or a professional um, don't go buy an adult one and try it with your kid not going to end well yeah that's not what they're made for so i'll just point that out there um yeah i've got at the end of my notes it gets better it does get better i'm like i haven't been sleeping on the floor for the last 10 years let's go eight or nine years yeah so it it does get better things do change and you know their body clocks change as well their ability to cope changes as they grow up they can self-regulate more and yeah so look life was really tough in the zero to five age group i suppose especially as far as sleep went but yeah it does get better and you know just so there's people that are giving you the advice of oh but you're gonna to have to change and they're gonna to have to go to bed earlier to get up early for school and whatever else just i'm not taking advice on sleep today just just use that little line um because it doesn't help it just people's two cents worth it just doesn't help not when you're in the middle of all this um hopefully something i've said relates a little bit and it's by no means these things will work for you they're bits and pieces that you could try and at the end of the day if nothing works i know how it feels 
Yeah. And you're not alone. And, you know, try and find people that are your tribe. Yeah. Try and find like there's loads of other families out there um, going through this as well with kids with autism. And yeah. Yeah. Do life with people that are doing life like you. All right. I will go now and I will talk to you soon. Bye.